it's pretty neat the whole mm. matrix and all the the figuring and number crunching behind the scenes on okay this one district wins and it's pretty neat it's a lot yeah. of math math yeah. is everywhere right yeah. <laughs> see we, we have common yeah. core math up here in new york so it's uh, one plus one equals three yeah well <laughs> if you identify three as a two then i guess you you're okay yeah. <laughs> Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Meet the Pressers. I'm Matt Mallory, and this is my esteemed co-host, Clint Macro over here. And we've got a very special guest on today. Uh, glad to have him, fellow Army. Hua. And uh, let Clint take <laughs> it away and explain who this individual is. Yeah, our special guest is Sean Parnell. He is a uh, combat veteran. He's also a best-selling author, and he happens to be running for the uh, 17th District uh, U.S. Congress in Pennsylvania, and we look forward to welcoming him in and getting him elected here in the Commonwealth. Uh, Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you both for having me. We've been trying to do this for a while, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here. You guys are you guys just crush it all the time, and I'm psyched that you, that you made some time for me. Thank you. Well, cool. Cool. So uh, a lot of people have probably heard of you. I've spoken about you on the show before, but just to give some people a recap, could you do like the, uh, you know, 10,000 foot view of your backstory? Yeah, sure. Um, I joined the military after 9-11. I was an elementary education major at Clarion University. Um, I wasn't really sure that that's what I wanted to do, you know, teach. I knew I wanted to serve in some way. Uh, and then I woke up you know, kind of hung over on a, on a rundown college couch one morning and stagger over to the TV set and turn it on and watch it flicker to life just in time to see an airplane crash into the World Trade Center. And like anyone that lived through that moment, I was a little, I was scared, I was shaken, uh, but mostly I was angry. And, you know, I, I joined the military shortly thereafter because I wanted to be a part of America's collective response. And you know, I went to airborne school, went to ranger school, and went to a couple of cool, sexy army schools. And eventually I, I was blessed to lead um, an infantry platoon at the height of the hunt for bin Laden on the Afghan-Pakistan border region. And, um, you know, led one of the most wildly diverse group of people you can possibly imagine. Anyone that served sort of knows that. They cobble together this diverse group of people and say, figure it out. Um, our mission was just to find bin Laden. We didn't, uh, but we found thousands of bad guys looking for him. Um, and my platoon took an 85% casualty rate and I was wounded as well and ended up being medically retired and in 2010, December of 2010. And I left the military. And I say this, and it's just, it's just the freaking truth, man. Like I left the military broken, broken. And 
I mean, I had a head injury. I had a brain injury. I had to do rehabilitation at the Fort Drum uh, Traumatic Brain Injury Clinic, which at the time, traumatic brain injury was in its infancy, you know? Um, it wasn't even really an acronym when I was in Afghanistan. So I struggled quite a bit. And, you know, I remember driving home from Fort Drum thinking like, what the heck am I going to do with my life now? So I came back here to Pittsburgh and born and raised here and went to grad school and started writing books. And um, my first book uh, took off and became a bestseller. Um, and, and that, you know, believe me, nobody was more surprised about that than me, you know. Um, and that gave me an opportunity to do some other things. In, in, in this great country we live in, including charity work. And I've got a charity that I'm a small part of called the American Warrior Initiative. And, you know, we, we give service dogs to veterans, uh, first responders and their families. And we've been doing that for eight years. And then all that changed when President Trump came to the district and randomly called me out to run. And I'd never met him at the time. I never talked to him. Um, uh, I wasn't even there when he did it. <laughs> Uh, but he called me out to run and, and to serve. And so I answered that call to duty and I got in the fight and I've been campaigning ever since. Cool. That's cool. amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I tell this story and, and like, it's one of the, I, I look back on it and it's one of the most surreal things in the world. Like I was in South Carolina giving a service dog to a veteran and I walk off stage you know, cause they're public events. Like part of what we do for the charity is like, we pers I personally believe that like, when veterans come home, they struggle a lot. Like in, in many ways you can feel like, you know, an exile in your own country. You know, with only 0.4% of people serving this country yeah. during the longest period of war in our nation's history, you can come home and like I said, feel like an exile. And that can lead to isolation and depression and alcoholism, and drug, drug use, and, and in the worst cases, suicide. Mm -hmm. And part of my mission when I came home was trying to bridge that gap, you know? And I, that's what I was down in, in South Carolina. We try to bring the community together and pick a veteran in that local community. And we tell that veteran's story and then we pair him with a dog and that way the crowd can see the bond. There was a very tangible bond between, you know, veteran and service dog. And they get to celebrate a veteran that's in their community, which helps bring us all together. So, and I, so I walk off stage after that event, my phone is just like blowing up. And, you know, I had like 50 something missed calls from reporters, consultants, you know, people wanted to work on my campaign that I didn't even know existed yet. And, <laughs> and, and uh, my mom was one of those people when she's calling me and she's like, Sean, she's like this fiery Italian woman. She's like, Sean, are you running for Congress? And I'm like, mom, no, what the heck are you talking about? I'm not running for Congress. And then she goes, well, the president of the United States just said you're running for Congress. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I thought she was oh. like, Punk. I thought I'm like, my, put down the wine, you know? Oh. And, she sends me this video and it's the president like talking about me serving, running, and I might be running and it got me off the, the fence and into the fight. And I've been working my butt off to try to give this district back to the people, give them real representation because the truth is right now, PA 17 for the last two plus years, give or take has not had a voice and we've got to give the people a voice around here. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to touch more upon that in a moment, but I, I tell you, it's, your story is, is amazing because it's kind of interesting how God throws doors in front of us in our life. And sometimes we walk through them and sometimes we don't, but that was a pretty obvious door that was dropped. In front. <laughs> I appreciate you bringing that up too. Um, you know, because, you know, I've had a complicated relationship with my faith since I've been back from Afghanistan. I'm Catholic. I'm a believer, you know, but um, you don't go to war and, and, and see the things that, that happen in war and, and not come back with questions. War changes you. It's just the truth. And, um, 
you know, and, and running for Congress and to a certain extent, like serving in the military was never part of my life's plan, right? But after 9-11, in the wake of the most horrific terrorist attack in our nation's history, I felt this sense that I was exactly where God intended me to be at that moment in my life. And that was never part of my plan, right? And now I feel the same way now, even though this was never part of my life's plan, I feel like I'm right where God intends me to be at this specific moment in my life. And as I sit here and think about that, I, 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 it, makes me, it makes me firmer in my faith. I don't know how to say it. It makes me, I, I mean, like, yeah, God has a plan for everybody, whether we want to realize it or not, yeah. you know, because well this is never part of my plan. Uh, yet I'm here and I believe I'm, I'm meant to be here. Amen. Amen. Well, I always, use, I always use those analogies with our kids. And of course, my jokes, uh, dad joke, bad joke is what our, our middle daughter, daughter says when I come up with a joke. But just like that, I've told my son in the past, our, our son, that you get a job as a dishwasher, that doesn't mean you can't be a manager of the place. Well, I don't want to be a manager. Okay, well, what if, what if an employee or what if a, a patron comes in and, and, you, and they see you back there working hard and they're like, you know, that's a hard worker. I, wanna, I need a hard worker like that. And they hire you because of your, your determination. You know, you just, you got to do the best you can do. And, and and when doors open, you know, jump through them if, uh, you know, if you feel led to by the Lord. Absolutely. You know, and, and that doesn't, you know, I, people talk, I always talk about like walking the path that we're intended to walk. I mean, I try to not, I try to like make my mission in life. And I always have after 9-11 about service to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I really do believe that service to others, you know, um, is a pathway to happiness in life. And, and that's sort of become the, like, whether I'm serving my troops in Afghanistan, I mean, I, I believe in the philosophy of servant leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in other words, like, a leader works for his troops. You know, that's my philosophy, not the other way around. Like, I, I never saw it as my troops working for me. I have to bust my butt for them. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of become the bedrock of my leadership philosophy moving forward and everything that I've done since the military. And that's what I'm carrying forward with me in this run for Congress as well. You know, the idea that uh, politicians... And I'm a novice at this, but politicians think that elections are about them. That's not true. Elections are about the people. And so, and that, that's what I'll always fight for, the people. Yeah, we see that a lot as, as educators. We, we train other instructors and we work with a lot of other instructors. And, and some instructors are leaders and they serve their students and other ones like to talk in front of a group of people. <laughs> so I know exactly what you mean. You know, you talked about that we didn't have a voice here in Pennsylvania with our current congressman. Connor Lamb, and I happen to think that you're right about that. Um, one of the things that we are very passionate about here, obviously because of our show, is the Second Amendment and yeah. the individual right to keep and bear arms, but also to protect oneself and those that they love. Absolutely. And I, I don't believe that he is someone that believes in that philosophy. You're, you're 100% right. And this isn't me being a demagogue or trying to score political points. Just watch what he said. Watch what he's done. You know, yeah. um, in his very first ad, he carried an AR-15 and told everyone he was going to protect the Second Amendment. Um, and that turned out to be false. Very he, false. He, you know, like he went from being pro-gun, telling people here in PA-17 that he was going to be pro-gun. And now he has an F rating from every major Second Amendment group that's out there today. You know, he is, he is about as anti-gun as you can possibly get. And people don't realize... Um, and the truth is, uh, the media 
you know, bear some responsibility for this because their job is to ask the tough care. questions of, yeah. of, of politicians. And, and by and large, he gets a pass from the media. Uh, and, you know, they should be asking him like, hey, wait, after you got elected and, and while you were running for this seat, one of the things that you said is, you know, I don't believe that we need any new gun laws. I, you know, I, I, I believe that we should enforce the laws that we have on the books already. That's what he said while he was campaigning in 2018. Now he's put, putting forward like red flag laws, mm-hmm. uh, universal background checks, all of these sort of absurd, radical gun control. He, he's, he's on board with a sort of Beto O'Rourke radical gun control agenda. He votes that way, but doesn't talk about it. And the media doesn't ask him about it. So people don't know, which is why it's so important for me to campaign and get out there and let people know uh, the truth about his voting record. And, 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 and look, he votes. I mean, he promised to be an independent, moderate voice. I mean, and even if you watch his new ad now, I mean, he's like independent. If you watch his ad, you'd think he was independent, like a registered independent. And he pushes back on the Democrats um, that he works across the aisle. It is so absurdly false, you know, because he votes with Pelosi over 93% of the time. He votes with Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez over 90% of the time. Like, is that an independent, moderate voice? If you're voting with the most radical members of your party 90% of the time, how can you possibly say with a straight face that you're independent and moderate? It's just, it's just a fallacy. And so wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, well, integrity is a thing, man. And mm-hmm. and that original ad that he put out where he posed with that AR-15 uh, kind of swindled a lot of gun owners in Pennsylvania. They saw that and thought, oh, wow, this guy's a, a gun person. But you want to know what I saw when I – You want to be deceptive, man. Oh, it is. It is. Do you want to know what I first saw? I said, boy, his cheek-to-stock position isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had no cheek weld. I personally believe that this job to be a representative – I mean, I don't, I, I don't ever want to be called congressman, you know, member of con. Like, my first of all, always call me Sean because I don't need a title to love and appreciate this country and serve the people. But this job is, you're a representative, you know, you represent the people. The job is by and for the people, and if you lie to the people, it's disqualifying. Yeah. And yeah. he has lied to them. I mean, look, look at everything that he's done. I mean, he even, you know, not to get into other issues, uh, but he said he's pro-life. He's not pro-life. He voted against the Born Alive Act twice. Said he was going to oppose Pelosi. He votes with her 90% of the time. Said he was going to support President Trump. He votes to impeach President Trump. Said he, he gratefully accepted police union endorsements. Said he's going to have the, the backs of the police through thick and thin. Now he's marking with deep on the police protesters. The guy is a case study in contrast and he does not deserve a second term in Congress just for that reason alone. Do you think that, that he um, – was he more to – to get the vote and get the position, was he more conservative in that point? And then once he got it, then he started changing because he's seen the writing on the wall that he, he can lean more the way he really is? Yeah, look, he needed, he needed to be – I remember watching the race very clearly. And, and quite honestly, I had high hopes for him, you know, because I don't – I'm a conservative, right? I'm a Republican. But as someone who's taken an oath to protect and defend this constitution as a veteran, like I'm willing to say, okay, hey, this is this guy's a lawyer in the Marine Corps. He took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution. He might have a D after his name, but he's saying he's basically running as a conservative. I mean, I remember thinking that, like pro-life, pro-gun, gonna support the president, um, gonna be a a, a strong moderate voice or truly represent this reason. None of that turned out to be true. He said it to win an election. And he misled people in doing that. And once he, yeah. once he got in, uh, once he won, his voting record, like 
I'm telling you, it went so far. It went so far to the left uh, because he thought he was untouchable. And, and, yeah. and, and I'll say this, like before I got in this race, he didn't have a challenger in PA 17 mm-hmm. until I got in the race in like, like the end of October. He was already campaigning across the state in prep for a Senate run in 2022. Wow. He was already looking past the people in PA 17 to the next higher office. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's exactly, that, that is what I hate about politics. Mm-hmm. These professional politicians who do nothing but look for ways to climb the ladder yeah. and they forget about the people that they're representing. It drives me crazy. I can't stand that. And it was never and, meant to be a full-time position in some of these, uh, some of these absolutely. people that we see at the, at the, presidential running side of the house where they've been doing it since since high school they know no nothing else other than being a politician which the founders never intended somebody to be in washington for 50 freaking years you know now now i i I, on the flip side of that like term limits is a complicated thing i'll tell you personally like this ain't gonna be this ain't gonna be a career for me you know um you know i have no desire uh to make Congress a, a career. Like, in fact, I want to go to Washington, shrink the size of government, uh, do everything I can to give freedom and power back to the people in this country and empower local governments to do what they believe is right uh, in their local community. Because guess what? Nobody knows Western Pennsylvania better than people in Western Pennsylvania, you know? And so, and then when all that's done, I guarantee you I'm coming back to Western Pennsylvania, seeing if I can buy a hundred acres and just never talk to anybody again. <laughs> I have no desire to, this is not going to be a career for me, you know? And people say, I mean, people say, well, you get to Washington, it's hard because the party forces you into, like, if people are saying, they don't know me that well, people think that because that's, 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 it's, that's, not, it's not who I am. That's, that's, that's something that kind of crossed my mind when we were setting this interview up that, you know, how how it can change people like war changes soldiers War can change people in, in, in uh, Congress and such. So I, 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 I'll be praying for you because you de- definitely need the strength there. And, uh, yeah, and we, uh, we got faith in you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I look, I, I've already had, like, I've been through some very trying times with my soul. You know, I, I've been in combat. I know what it's like to, to, to be in life and death situations where everything's on the line when you put your butt on the line for the man next to you, you know, um, Washington ain't going to be a thing for me. It's, it's, I'm not in this. Good way to put it. You know, I, I mean, honestly, the, the truth is, is that I am a Republican, you know, and I'm a proud conservative, but you, I tell you right now, and I talked one of the conditions on me getting in this race, I had a conversation with Kevin McCarthy, uh, leader McCarthy. And I said, listen, I'm in this race on two conditions. You, you've got to, you've got to support me, you know? And, and number two, if this party ever does something, if you, and if you, if you or the Republican party ever does something that's harmful to my region, you can bet I'm not going to support it. And, and leader McCarthy said, you do what's best to represent your people. And that's, awesome. that's all I needed to hear, you know? That, and, and that should be the way it is period. Right. But it's yeah. just too, too many, too much money's tied to too much stuff and people get into, into power at that point. And it's, so get in there and, and uh, kick some ass, break some skulls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you talk about money in politics. I mean, you know, Connor is out there. I mean, he's, he's out there on interviews saying he's not going to support Pelosi. And I'm like, bro, you took $1.3 million of dark money. Like she invested 
$1.3 million like nine months prior to the election into the Pittsburgh media market to prop him up because he's weak. If, if, if you don't support Pelosi, if you truly don't support Pelosi, then don't take that money. And let's have this race mano a mano, you know? Like, you know, how about you, let's, let's see who raises more money when we're face to face, if it's just us. Because guess what? I outraised him in the second quarter for the first time ever. Wow. And so he's, he's taking, he, I don't support Pelosi, but yeah, I'll gratefully accept $1.3 million that she invested in the PA 17 to buy the district for me, which is essentially, it ain't gonna work, but that's what she's trying to do. Yeah, going back to the whole idea of integrity as a thing. So speaking of the Republican Party, you gave a speech at the RNC. And that was that was pretty good, man. And that was very strange, I would have to think, because there weren't any people in the room, really, were there? Uh, yeah, it was overwhelming, man. Like, because again, this isn't like my world, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I get there, and I mean, I'm in the Mellon Auditorium. It's like these big, huge columns and red velvet floor, hundred foot ceilings with American flags on the walls and the the stars, stars and stripes projected on the ceiling. I mean, it was overwhelming. They're like just go up there and do your thing. I'm like, what, just go up and do my thing? Like, I'm just pra- I'm just going to do a practice run. And I get up there and I just run through the speech and they're like, oh, you're done. I'm like, wait, what do you mean I'm done? That was it? That was real? That was the real thing? Because I thought it was just practice. And I was, I was like, oh my God, like I just gave that speech. And, you know, a couple hours later, I mean, it, it aired. I and mean, it was like live-ish the first night, you know, because yeah. it's a program like they buy the TV time, I guess. Right. And so they, they, they pre-record them, but like they record it and then it aired, you know? So just to make sure that they could like edit it on certain places to save time, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it was a pretty amazing experience, man. It was it's awesome. It, it, it was, it was an amazing experience. Seriously. Cool. Cool. So we're in the last, like, what are we 50 days from election day? Something like that. Pretty close. Uh, yeah, 40, 47 or something. So, you know, we're in the, in the long stretch here or the short stretch. But who's rather. counting? But who's counting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, do you, what do you have coming up that's important that you'd like to let people know about? Maybe some rallies or speaking engagements or, or fundraisers that you might want to let them know about? Well, well, look, we've got rallies all over the district. Go to my website, seanforcongress.co. Sign up, to, sign up to volunteer. You know, reach out to our campaign. We get back to you right away with where rallies are. We've got a bunch of roadside rallies and roadside rallies were not a thing in 2016. It's just like we get together uh, all the down, like myself and all the down ballot candidates will get together and we'll just meet people and it'll be a big celebration of freedom. It's kind of amazing, man. Like we get hundreds of people at those rallies. We're handing out signs and campaign merchandise and and um, so we've got that. And then uh, my debate with with Lamb is September 26th. And so watch out for that. I uh, can't wait to debate him, uh, you know, so. Um, but yeah, get involved in the campaign. We will find a spot for you. You know, um, this is a movement. It's not about me. It's about this country. And so if you believe this country is worth fighting for, then join us and fight for it with us. Awesome. Where's the, where's the debate going to be aired? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, it's WPXI. And I okay, think WPXI. I think it's going to air like six or seven o'clock that night, like on September 26th. Um, so, and then it's going to re-air a couple times over the weekend. So cool. uh, I'm excited about it. If there's anything that we can do, meet the pressers or anything I can do personally to help you in your campaign, please, please don't hesitate to ask. Oh, uh, FOAC, you. Farms Owners Against Crime is completely endorsing you. I'm the second yeah. president of FOAC. Actually, I made you, just made you a couple postcards. I don't know if you got to see those yet, but we're going to be sh- 
sending out. But, uh, uh, somebody did show them to me. They were pretty darn cool. Um, yeah. And like w one of the things about me is I'm a second amendment purist, you know, uh, shall not be infringed means exactly that. Right. I mean, it's pretty, you'd think that somebody like Nancy Pelosi and the, and the radical left in Congress would understand that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I believe that the second amendment is, is a right that was granted to us by God, not government. And, mm -hmm. uh, because of that, it's sacred. And, and you can bet, I mean, Richard Hudson, who's a congressman in North Carolina, he's a great guy, has a national reciprocity, a national, national carry bill that, that one of the first things I do when I get in Congress is I'm going to jump on board and co-sponsor that, you know? Super. And so, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be a steadfast protector of the Second Amendment, and, and you can bank on that for sure. So, cool. that being said, I got a, I got a question about that. I, I get questions all the time as far as national reciprocity and people saying, you know, oh, they need to pass this, they need to pass this. And my response to them is it means nothing in New York because in New York, just like it's illegal to do drugs federally, New York state says we don't give a crap about the federal government or it's illegal to harbor uh, illegal immigrants, yet we've got sanctuary cities in our state. So those things being illegal federally, yet New York state's just saying, whatever, whatever federal government. So I don't think that a national reciprocity on a federal level, level is going to do anything statewide in New York because they're still going to prosecute people in New York state, just like they're not accepting any kind of pardon the, the president gives here in New York state, which the governor. Yeah, New, York, New York is, New York, I mean, being stationed up there, uh, it took me over a year to get a concealed carry permit in New York. Yeah. And by the way, I was a courier of top secret information when I was up there stationed at Fort Drum. Yep. Like they made it almost impossible. I had to do an interview with, with the sheriff up there, who's a great guy, but he's like asking me questions like, so you got this PTSD stuff. I'm like, why is that any of your business? Yep. You know? Yeah, they, you know? they check um, the records. I actually, I teach the class for, for that county, for Jefferson County. Oh, well, yeah. So then, you know, I yep. mean, it took forever. And then I had to do, get five references of people who lived there for like five or six years. I can't remember how yeah, long it was. It's but. Four, four references up to five. You have to know them up to five yeah. years anywhere. Yeah. So if you're a military guy and you're stationed at Fort Drum for any lengthy period of time, you can't carry, you can't protect yep. yourself, you know, yep. it, and it's, it's, it's just absurd. It's, it's, it's absurd. So that being said on the, on the federal level, what can be done and, and you may not know the answer to this right away, but maybe in the back of your head, you can be thinking about this when you're, when you're, working to get that signed into law, what can we do to beat back New York and say, no, New York, you will abide by federal law and you will stop doing this? Well, I, th I think let's get the law, let's get it passed first. Let's get it passed through the house first. And then let's elect people who care about the constitution, you know, like let's <laughs> win elections, you know? I mean, I, I think one of the things that people are realizing through this pandemic and the economic, the subsequent economic crisis is that leadership and elections matter. Like when times are good, you know, Democrat, Republican, most people that I've met are like, you know what, my life is pretty good. As long as I have the freedom to do the things that I want to do, I'm fine. Right. But people are seeing now that elections have consequences and look at Cuomo in New York. Look what he has done to that state. Look what he did uh, by mandating that, that, nursing homes take covid positive patients people die I mean, yeah. what, thousands thousands of people died yeah. leadership matters so let's i think everybody in this country you know we need to start taking elections seriously at yeah. every level local state and federal and so let's get this law passed first and then let's start winning elections and, and elect leaders who 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 really care about protecting our rights in the constitution well i have faith that our fellow citizens that will a recognize that the the uh, states where there was 
t- uh, tyranny that has taken place during this COVID are largely run by Democrats. Mm. And we have millions of new gun owners who weren't gun owners six months ago who are now exercising their Second Amendment rights. So I hope that they will vote only for candidates that will protect that right. And I think we'll start to see a little bit of a shift in power uh, throughout the states as well as across the nation. Well, I certainly hope so. I, I certainly hope so. This this election is just the most important of our lifetime, and that's just not me being like a politician. Boy, they it, we, they say that every election, but every this election. time it really yeah, it really, <laughs> it really is. is. It's yeah. true. I mean, it, it's absolutely true. And you know, I I feel personally that President Trump is going to win. He's got all the enthusiasm. I feel like that we're that I'm going to win as well. I mean. You know, and our polling reflects that. That's not just a feeling. And and we're working hard, man. I mean, we're out there knocking doors every single day, reaching voters every single day, doing the hard work that's necessary to win elections. And it's bared out in the polling, right? We're like 47 days out and we're tied right now in PA 17. And as you know, as PA 17 goes, so goes the state of Pennsylvania. So there's no path to victory. Uh, there's there's no Joe Biden presidency without the state of Pennsylvania. So if we can win PA 17, President Trump wins Pennsylvania and Joe Biden can't win. And that's why I think this election, uh, there's so much focus on this district, uh, this election cycle. One last thought I had with uh, earlier when you said uh, your your troops, you work for your soldiers, uh, you know, as a, as a officer coming in like that and then them seeing you treat them as equals and trying to, to work for them, that earns respect because you'll, you'll see a lot of people that will come into the military that are officers that have no real world on the boots experience, but they've got a college degree and the soldiers usually resent them. I, I mean, I got out as an E4, so, you know, I was, I was enlisted. And uh, so that I, I commend you for that. And, and I, and I think that's going to transition over to you in being in politics as well as, you know, you're there to work for the people. And I think that's what we're missing. And I think that's what's been long gone in politics for a long time. So we're glad to have you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I recognize that, like, I mean, part of being a leader is, is you know, so too many leaders are, are concerned with their bow and never their wake. I think more leaders need to focus on their wake and supporting the people around them as, as opposed to climbing the rungs of, of, of leadership to get more power. Um, I, you know, so um, support, you know, one of my things is, is I, I ask people how I can earn their vote and earn their support because I understand that support is something that must be constantly and continuously earned. It's not just a one, you have to earn it every day. And so I think that that message is resonating here in PA 17. I'm going to continue to do it. Cool. Well, we wish you the best of luck and we're, we're here to support you and let our listeners know that you're the man for the job. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll pray for your success and thank you for what you're doing, man. It, it thank takes you. a lot to step up and do what you're doing and, and we appreciate that. Well, thank you for making time for me today. No problem. And once again, how can people uh, find you, check you out, help you support your campaign? Well, go to SeanForCongress.co, sign up to volunteer uh, or, or even, you know, contribute to, to our campaign, or you can catch me on Twitter or Facebook or any of those cool places. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Hello, my name is Clint Macro, founder of the Trigger Pressers Union. I'm very honored to be among the 30 speakers who are going to speak at the virtual rally that's taking place October 24th. I think it's a wonderful thing that so many Americans are realizing what the Second Amendment means to them. There are millions of people who were not exercising their Second Amendment rights six months ago that are now, and I welcome you all into the fold. It's important to recognize that as Americans, we have many rights. Some people exercise them, some people don't, but those rights are there for us when we need them. They need to be protected.
So as we move into this election season, my best advice is to make sure that you vet the candidates that you're voting for. Make sure that they will protect your individual rights and liberties, most chiefly your right to defend yourselves and those that you love. So join me on October 24th, 2020, as we have the virtual rally, and we'll see you there. There's lots of sponsors that make this show possible, like Mountain Man Medical. Check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching or listening to our show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share. Click that little bell thingy so you know when the next episode's uploaded. Support us on Patreon. Come to one of our classes. Host us to come to you and do one of our classes at your location. And until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers. 